Radio is one of the oldest forms of modern media. It has endured challenging times in the past, but the technological age of today may prove to be one of radio's most worthy adversaries. In a world where people can create their own playlists and cultivate their own private libraries of interesting audio content, does FM radio still hold value? How much longer can we expect our current form of FM radio to last? As an aspiring broadcaster, I hope a while. But to get a better idea of what the future may hold, I sat down with several broadcasters to see what they think. To learn more about new media and podcasts, I sat down with Kerry Newhoff. Kerry got his start in radio, doing weekend announcing and news on what is now 104.1 The Dock in Midland. Kerry also worked at what is now The Fan 590 in Toronto, doing weekend traffic. Today, he hosts and owns the Kerry Newhoff Leadership Podcast. So, I don't know what the total podcast you know numbers are at, but... Uh, my podcast hit uh, 1.6 million downloads in just over two years. It started to hit 80,000, 90,000 a month, and then we hit, I had our first 100,000 month in August. And then in September, um, we hit 170,000 downloads, which was crazy. And, and I can't explain it. They're literally overnight, the uh, downloads grew by 50%. And nobody, nobody can figure it out. We'll just take it <laughs> at this point. Carrie isn't alone. Podcasts are growing in general. According to Libsyn, a podcast hosting service, the number of podcasts downloaded from their servers has grown from 1.6 billion in 2012 to 3.3 billion in 2015. Is this rapid growth threatening to radio? I asked Brad Moore, the producer and co-host of The Morning Buzz on 107.5 Dave Rocks in Kitchener. I guess it kind of depends on... on on who you talk to or whose words you take. Uh, I don't see radio struggling in any way. I see some media companies struggling. I think a, a, a current issue is that there aren't a lot of radio companies anymore. There's media companies who own radio stations. It's still very much a part of people's lives. It's still very much the go-to uh, medium in, in many ways. The biggest struggle I, th I think it has is um, trying to figure out its identity, trying to adapt to new things like state radio stations were really really early on social media realizing that this was uh, a great way to promote yourself without costing anything or without costing too much at least in the early days of social media um, so in those way they're very progressive the radio has to figure out how to stay local while becoming beyond local I got a similar answer when I asked Alan Cross what he believed the most important aspect of radio is. Alan is a broadcaster who works in many areas, but is best known as the host of the syndicated radio series The Ongoing History of New Music out of 102.1 The Edge in Toronto. It's local. It's, it's local. It's something that, that is happening in your city, your town. Uh, you have your local TV, your local newspaper, and your local t uh, radio stations. You want to know what's happening down the street. You want to know if you wake up in the morning if it's safe. And local media, be it television or radio or print, tells you what to do. It is about where you live. Netflix isn't about where you live. Spotify is not about where you live. Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, these are all services that people are now using to stream music. Music streaming is a rather new concept as well, and it's growing rapidly. In 2014, Alan was the head of music curation at Songza, a streaming service which has since merged with Google Play Music. Well, that was that was a lot of fun because it basically it was overseeing a group of people who uh, created playlists. 
and until songs that was purchased by Google and uh, Google determined that all the people working for songs were redundant, uh, it was I really in, enjoyed it. Much like when when satellite radio came along in the late '90s, everybody looked at it as direct competition to terrestrial radio. Well, it's not really. It is another opportunity for people to listen to audio. Uh, same thing with streaming. It is another opportunity to, for people to listen to music. But in most cases with the streaming, <clears throat> there is no context. There is just a stream of songs coming at you. And uh, although it was fun putting together the playlist, I was always had always had this nagging feeling in the back of my brain that unless you actually explain pe to people why the songs you're listening to need to be listened to, it's I worry about the the, the the fan not developing a relationship with a band, a song, they just, or well, with a band, an album, a career, all they know is a song. And there's no relationship there. There's just, it's like candy. It's just like a potato chip. And uh, I, I think one of the things that we could lose if we go too far into streaming, and I listen, I love it. I think it's great. But if we go too far into that, then we lose this idea of the storytelling behind the music. Right. If I say, stop what you're doing, Listen to this. It's important. Here's why. Not just, here's another new song. No, no, no. Here's why you need to give the next three minutes of your life over to this song. And that's a, that's a hard sell job, yeah. especially with all the distractions everybody has. I'm asking you to give up your life to pay attention to this because I say so. And unless you're convincing, you're never going to get people to do it. You can get music anywhere. And the, the, I think the stations that suffer in the long run are the ones that try to compete as a music provider. Because a radio station isn't just a, a music provider. It's an entertainment provider. It's an um, information provider. Uh, there's a connection. Um, I think the, the on-air host is undervalued by some um, who make decisions, but not by listeners. When we go out and we meet people, hardly ever, like occasionally, but hardly ever the f is, is the first thing that someone brings up the music that we play. It's always, I listen to you, uh, you make me laugh, uh, I love when you said this, like uh, a, a song from the Stones doesn't do that, you do that. I alone have been a part of, I'm, I'm, no way am I saying it was, it was my doing, but I alone have been part of literally raising millions of dollars for charity um, with giant hospital drives that bring in like two or three hundred grand in, in a day. Even, in, even more so sometimes the smaller ones where you, you help raise 500 bucks to buy a new wheelchair for a kid that you've gotten to know. When's the last time Apple helped your hospital? Uh, when's the last time that, um, you know, uh, name a music streaming service uh, made you laugh or made you cry or made you feel? Music is awesome and it's so powerful and it's, and it's, it's a wicked aspect of, of, of radio. Uh, I'm not trying to pretend like it's not. People talk about, you know, the biggest complaint you get in radio is you play that song too much. Uh, the second biggest one is always you play you don't play that song enough because you can't make any, everyone happy. But I challenge people to go look at their their streaming on their their iPods or whatever device they use, and you will look at your playlists and you will see the same 40 songs that you yourself have chosen to play. And I do that I do that too. I have the same five or six albums in my car that I listen to constantly because they're really freaking good. It it, it is a low it, it employs people locally. The music streaming does not do that. It helps out charities, tons of charities, tons of causes, uh, all that stuff locally in your, in your backyard, and that is, that is so important for radio.
being local is not a necessity for Kerry Newhoff. He has no trouble building relationships with his listeners from a distance. I think podcasting is even more um, personal than radio. And having spent all those years in radio, I mean, I, I think I understand radio fairly well. But I think podcasting has a greater potential. Number one, to listen to your podcast, very easy to do. And what I've discovered is kind of like radio. Nobody sits down to listen to the radio. and Nobody sits down like, oh, I'm going to listen to a podcast for an hour. Nobody does that. They take you to the gym. And so you really become part of a life. I read a blog as well. So, so my blog right now is still a little bit bigger than my podcast. But when I'm like, I'll be in Atlanta on Monday speaking to people. And when people come up to talk to me, 10 to 1, they talk about my podcast over my blog. You would think that my podcast has 10x the listenership or, you know, readership of my blog. It's not. It's just people read text, but they don't hear my voice. But when they hear my voice, they feel like I'm their friend. And it's just, it creates that personal connection. People love to feel connected to the media they consume. Radio listeners are notorious for being a very passionate bunch, but has that changed over the years? I asked Angie Hill, announcer on KFUN 99.5 and BX93, how her relationship with her audience has changed. It's, it's more because they can get you several different ways. It used to be they could write you a letter and mail it to the radio station, or they could phone you and try to get you that way. Now they can email you, they can Instagram you, they can Snapchat you, they can Twitter you, they can Facebook especially. I almost feel like it's better because they can kind of watch you from afar, which is kind of creepy too. But <laughs> a couple of years ago, you know, they'd be hanging around or hanging outside your house or doing this or doing that. And you didn't know what they looked like either. Now it kind of gives them a face as well, right? Thanks to social media, people are closer to their local radio personalities than ever. But are they still listening as much as they used to? Uh, they're listening less. Uh, this has been something that's a slow erosion over the last, you know, especially 15 years with the internet. Um, back in the day, radio competed with television and the local movie theater, magazines and books. Now there are a billion other distractions and there you can only do you know, certain things, you know, so many things at one time, so many minutes in the day. So radio's share of that overall entertainment pie has has shrunk. And one of the things that I think has hurt radio is that it's always been free. And if it's free, well, you don't tend to value it as much. And that was one of the great strengths of radio is that it was always free. Uh, but now with all this other stuff uh, happening, it's uh, radio again has to evolve to compete with it head-to-head -head, rather than, oh, things will be fine, people will eventually discover us and we'll go on our merry way like we have for decades. That's not going to happen. Things are changing now more than ever. And with listenership declining, will radio take a hit in the future? I think it could. I mean, if you look at what's happening to publishing, the Toronto Star had 475 journalists on staff a decade ago. They have 176 today. I think a similar thing is happening to radio. I was reading an article that said uh, radio stations are complaining to the audio auto industry now because on the 2017 cars, you have to go like five screens in to find the radio. <laughs> like on every car since the 19, I don't know, 40s or 50s, the major thing in the dash was the radio. And it's like, what station are you going to listen to? On the new cars, the first thing that comes up are podcasting apps and um, you know, your iTunes or Apple Music or 
and that media interface is number one, and you've got to go several screens in to even find the radio. I think one of the things that we're going to have to look at is the car. Uh, radio right now is the king of the car, but as infotainment stacks in automobiles change and become more evolved and more flexible, uh, it's going to be harder and harder for radio to compete in the dashboard. We have to figure out how to get past that. And what do we do about autonomous cars? Uh, radio was great in the car because you could it's something that you could participate in without taking your hands off the wheel or eyes off the road. But if it's an autonomous car, how are you going to pass the time? Watching a movie, you could be playing video games, you could be Facebooking, you know, whatever, uh, and then all of a sudden you're at your destination. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to get harder and harder for traditional broadcasters to compete in that space. The economics, you know, of running a traditional station, even if it's a small local station, are really expensive. Whereas for a guy like me, my, my operating costs are really low and I can sell sponsorships directly and actually make money off of it. Right. You, we have to, as an industry, reinvent ourselves uh, again and again and quickly so that we can take on what's coming next in the digital world. I think radio will still exist in its present form because there are billions, like literally billions of radios in use around the world. I think we will see uh, a regulatory relaxation so that there will be opportunities for current radio stations to compete head-to-head -head with internet broadcasters. I think that uh, radio will become more and more on demand rather than a linear stream that flies off to the orbit of Jupiter the moment you, you broadcast it. With all of these changes coming and uncertainty building, here are some things you can depend on in the future. Music is not going anywhere. A desire for information is not going anywhere. Real-time broadcasts are not going anywhere. Uh, the need for a human connection is not going anywhere. Radio is still a standalone medium, but it is slowly being ab absorbed into a, a grander thing called media. I just see it as communication. I mean, I'll always do a podcast. Five years from now, who knows where podcasting will be? It could either be, you know, 100 times as big or it could be dead. So, you know, it, it's it's not the form, it's the function. And I think that's a good question for radio. Like, what are you trying to do other than be a radio station? Because if your job is to be a radio station and there's no more radio, then you're kind of out of a job. Even if radio doesn't continue to exist in its current form, the desire for local and live content will live on. I see the future blurring the lines between radio and new media, but at the end of the day, no matter what happens, talented people will still be around to create amazing and meaningful media. The future may not be clear, but it is important to stay optimistic it's it's never been a job for me it's been a lifestyle it's been more important to me than some members of my family well i'm always interested in what's next and i think if you stay current stay curious and maintain a willingness to adapt to whatever comes next you'll be fine this documentary was written recorded and produced by mick oakley Special thanks to Alan Cross, Angie Hill, Brad Moore, and Carrie Newhoff for offering their time and their insights.